0: Hello, welcome to the Talking Michigan Transportation podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Cranston. The Bipartisan Infrastructure Law signed by President Biden in late 2021, among many things, established a National Electric Vehicle Infrastructure Formula Program. We call that NEVI. And it's supposed to provide funding to states to strategically deploy electric vehicle charging infrastructure and establish an interconnected network To facilitate data collection access and reliability. Emphasis on reliability. In order to access those federal funds, in Michigan's case, $110 million, states are required to submit a plan to the federal government. MDOT submitted their plan on Thursday, July 28th, but the development was Yeoman's work with a team effort involving not only MDOT, but the Department of Environment, Great Lakes and Energy, the Michigan Public Service Commission because of the necessary electricity, the Michigan Economic Development Corporation, and the Office of Future Mobility and Electrification. Today, I'll be speaking with a couple of the people who led the Michigan effort. Niles Anilin is a policy section manager at MDOT and spearheaded the department's efforts on the plan. Niles, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. And Judd Herzer took the lead for the Office of Future Mobility and Electrification. I came to know Judd in the early days of the Whitmer administration when he was tasked with directing policy on transportation and was trying to learn a lot in a short amount of time about how we fund transportation in Michigan, why we need to do a lot more. And I I can honestly say that he was drinking from the proverbial fire hose then, but he's learned a lot since then. And in his new role, he's leading all things related to new mobility, including electrification and charging. So Judd, glad you could join us today.
1: Happy to be here, Jeff. Good morning.
0: So let's start, Niles, with you first. Why did we have to develop this plan and submit it? What, What was the what was the, the thinking behind the federal government and requiring this?
2: Yeah. So as you mentioned, it's a formula fund. So, um, They wanted to make sure that the you know if they're investing the federal government is investing a considerable considerable amount of money in this. We wanted they wanted to make sure that um, states had some sort of framework and um, consistency in the deployment and development of uh, charging stations along um, Michigan and national corridors. So in February they released um, guidance on how to develop these plans, and we were given a kind of un uncommonly short time frame. We only had um, several months between February and uh, August to get this completed and it required um, considerable stakeholder engagement. Uh, that was one of the main uh, elements of the plan. Um, again, the federal government wanting to make sure that um, this investment is um, developed appropriately and uh, used for the uh, best good of the public and um, the industry. So they did uh, Kind of direct us towards um, developing charging stations along alternative fuel corridors which is a program that's been uh in legislation before and michigan has gone after designating our interstates our u.s routes and to be able to say that they're friendly for alternative fuel vehicles but this took it one step further and the guidance said Now that we have these designated corridors, this is where we should focus our energy on building building the charging stations. This again, being to help support the traveling public, reduce range anxiety that people might have with electric vehicles and really just to to really try to help kickstart this type of transportation.
0: So Judd, in your discussions with people and you've talked to a lot of different people, both in industry um, and in government about this whole thing, and range anxiety comes up a lot. How, how big a factor do you think that is in, in still holding us back from where we need to be?
1: Range anxiety is still a, a significant factor in the minds of a prospective uh, electric vehicle consumer. Somebody who's thinking about making the switch from an internal combustion engine or gas-powered vehicle to an EV often thinks about uh, an electric vehicle as what we call a, a family's second car, meaning, not a car that they feel comfortable taking a long distance trip in out of concerns of a lack of charging stations and a fear of being stranded, which the fears are legitimate. However, uh, with the NAVI resources and, and other resources that the state of Michigan and, and other states uh, across the country have put towards building out uh, EV infrastructure, I would say that the practical concerns around uh, range anxiety are, are rapidly diminishing and and reaching you know a a a point where uh that that's not a, a real concern uh once you start looking at the numbers but the the implied or or perceived range anxiety is, is still a concern, which is why it, it's it's important for states to, in addition to to deploying navy resources, uh, think strategically about ways that we can help develop long distance initiatives that that uh, are are well publicized and help settle those concerns for ev purchasers since it is important that uh, we we do uh, support this transition to electrified mobility as it's uh, not only good for the environment and reducing greenhouse gas emissions from uh, the transportation sector, which is the largest emitting GHG sector in our economy, both as a state and nationally. But it's important for Michigan's economy in particular in the Great Lakes region, given the uh, footprint of auto manufacturing that happens in in our state, um, and the number of jobs tied to uh, the future of the mobility industry, and so every EV that is uh, bought and sold across the country and across the world, in some ways, helps uh, uh, bolster Michigan's economy and uh, Michigan's automotive in- industry.
0: So, among the themes emphasized um, in the plan, going going to that point, and we know this is this is very important: developing a safe, equitable, reliable, convenient interconnected transportation electrification network uh i think that probably the one that might people might struggle with is the equitable component of that um i know that equity is very important to governor whitmer and to president biden and to U.S. DOT secretary pete Buttigieg. judge um, niles talk about the plan and, and what's in there related to, to equity
2: yeah absolutely you're, you're correct equity was certainly a um Required component of this plan is something we definitely wanted to make sure we addressed in a um, comprehensive manner. So we worked uh- with our consultant on this uh, program to identify areas of the state of Michigan with persistent poverty, areas with uh, disadvantaged communities, and then we overlaid our alternative fuel corridor or our deployment corridors uh, over those areas and um, really found that we have over 200 miles of corridors that run through disadvantaged communities, so this will be an opportunity for um, investment in those areas, and 11 miles that go through tribal lands as well. Um, so outreach and stakeholder engagement continues beyond this plan, um, beyond this point. So there will be more opportunities um, to hear from folks uh, around the state about what they, they want to see here. But we did uh, outreach to try to understand local needs and priorities, and we tried to engage a diverse uh, spectrum of stakeholders. An ongoing effort that Judd can maybe speak to, um, we've also, his organization is also developing some workforce um programs to help address equity issues. Is that correct, Judd?
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh we we definitely wanted to uh look at equity through not just the the lens required under uh, the the program guidance, the NEVI program guidance, uh with regards to where the stations would be deployed and the impact on air quality in those communities uh that that are historically disadvantaged or uh suffering environmental injustice. But Uh, from a workforce perspective as well. It's important for the state of Michigan to foster a diverse pipeline of of workers and EV-related careers. And uh, we are at the Department of Labor and Economic Opportunity, uh, supporting workforce training programs that will help support the build-out of these EV charging stations in a way that uh, is is equity-driven and will help uh, create jobs and economic opportunities uh, for individuals living in communities across Michigan that that have historically uh, lacked those. Uh, Chances, So we're very excited about what these resources mean, not just from uh, the perspective of supporting an electrified mobility uh, future, but also uh, what they mean from an equity standpoint.
0: So do you see this becoming part of a, a, a training education system, you know, either at the secondary level or the community college level? You know, we learned with the Michigan Council of Future Mobility in its earliest days by visiting washington community college that they put a lot of emphasis on repairing automated vehicles something that you know was was a brave new world to people it's like we're developing these these new features and this new technology but most of the shops where you and i take our cars aren't going to know how to fix these things so we need to develop a workforce that does know how to do that is it pretty much the same thing with evs and charging
1: I would say so. Yeah, you know the the transition to uh, the electrified mobility and low-no vehicles, and and uh, the advanced uh, software that's going to be on on cars, uh, uh, rolling out uh, today and tomorrow, and and uh, ten years down the line. Are opportunities for us to to enhance Michigan's workforce and Michigan's economy. Uh, we're going to need a lot of qualified, certified uh, workforce to install and maintain these charging stations, and it's an opportunity for us uh, to to uh, get it right from the from the beginning. Uh, in terms of uh, who we're we're helping create new opportunities for, and who we're helping uh, get into a career pipeline, and and a pathway towards uh, high demand, good paying jobs. So,
0: what do you hear, Judd? I guess in in terms of industry and where prices are going, because if we we talk about equity for charging, we got to think about the cost of electric vehicles and real or perceived. Uh, there's still a mindset that that they cost more, and and certainly tax credits help and incentivize ownership, but you know, where, where do you think we are in terms of accessibility for everybody to an electric vehicle? It's a good question, Jeff.
1: Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of factors that go into that answer and I'll try and hit on a couple of them at least very briefly. You mentioned uh, consumer incentives that will help drive down the prices of electric vehicles and, and really the, the aim there is to get them on parity with an internal combustion engine vehicle. And folks may ask, you know, why, why are the two vehicles differently priced today well you know primarily it's because the the capacity to manufacture an electric vehicle is not the same as it is for an internal combustion engine vehicle right now the the internal combustion engine market is much more mature than uh the ev market is and so that will that will develop over time and it may take a little while. And so in the interim, uh, consumer incentives are a really good public policy uh, to help put people in electric vehicles. Likewise, as more EVs start to get deployed and, and recycle through the market, uh, we'll see a growing uh, secondary vehicle market and and uh, there there will be more used EVs uh, available for sale. But another thing to, to keep in mind is the the availability of of charging opportunities that sometimes can can help uh, sway an individual's decision regarding uh, whether to to purchase an an EV. And and so that's another reason why these NAVI funds are really important uh, to helping uh, not just uh, develop a a nationwide network of of EV charging stations, but to actually support uh, electric vehicle adoption and electric vehicle manufacturing. And I'll just note, I can't help but uh, see the connection between uh, states submitting these plans uh by the August 1st deadline. Uh today today's you know July 29th, plans are due on Monday and uh, uh, we just got good good news out of the federal government uh or over, over the last couple of days regarding the passage of the CHIPS Act which is another critical component piece of bolstering domestic manufacturing of of vital component pieces of uh, electric vehicles, and uh, we're very excited about what all this means for Michigan and Michigan's economy and the future of our automotive industry.
0: That's a really good point, Judd. Uh, the CHIPS Act is a huge deal, and I hope it doesn't get hung up in the Senate uh, with some unrelated things that are being thrown into the mix, and I'm sure you're following that story closely, too. Niles, let's say you're uh, you know going to a cookout this weekend with a, some relatives you haven't seen in a while, and they Ask you, so, yeah, what have you been up to lately? How would you you know summarize in in layman's terms what this is, what your work with the report is, you know what it means, why it's interesting, why you find it
2: satisfying, you know what would you say? yeah, that's 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 a great question. i, I think I think what I would say to to a group of family of friends is this this is really just great opportunity to you know help advance a cleaner, Transportation option uh, for the future of Michigan, and really developing this plan. Well, was a requirement to uh, receive that one hundred and ten million dollar investment over five years uh, for the state of Michigan, and it's just really been a great opportunity to work with all the other uh, state agencies and all the stakeholders that we've reached out to. I think it's really going to um, kickstart the investment in charging stations around the state and. I think it will help uh, address the the concerns that people might have around buying an electric vehicle. I know that uh, electric F-150, the Ford F-150, I think that's a really exciting uh, opportunity, and this is just going to help increase opportunities for people to buy electric vehicles uh, in the future because they know that there'll be a a place to charge. Um, And it's also a really great opportunity to help support our uh, local businesses, as these will likely be uh, developed uh, on private property. These won't be developed on um, state-owned land, um, at least not M. Dot-owned land. So, really, um, it's just kind of an exciting first step in a new in a new wave of uh, green, clean transportation.
0: Well said, and uh, Judd, going to that point about, you know, incentivizing private industry. You know, I think that. What the federal government is doing, and, and what the state government, in turn, is doing, is trying to plant some seeds, obviously, and, and help private industry get going on this. Uh, where do you come down on that argument that this should all be, you know, private equity-driven and, and be a free market solution, and, and what government's role should be?
1: Yeah, you know, I, there are, I think, strategic investments that the public sector, or state government, can make to help bolster the The uh, emerging markets like uh, that for electric vehicles that are strategic in nature that that will in in time uh, uh, return on that investment uh, a, a multiplier that that is uh, so so big that that it's difficult to actually calculate. Um, you know, not just the the jobs uh, that are created, but all the the uh, ancillary and and uh, downstream uh market effects of of having and uh, supporting the development of a new industry or the transition of an existing industry to a new phase um you know the aim here with these nevi resources uh, is uh, a shot in the arm essentially to to develop a a robust network of electric vehicle chargers that eliminates range anxiety, so that people feel comfortable uh, purchasing an electric vehicle in the future, uh, it is not intended to be a. a an ongoing uh, source of funding to continuously deploy new charging stations or or maintain ones that have been uh, deployed previously. Uh, so really, it's it's on us uh, as as people within state government who are managing these dollars going forward to to do so in a way and with an eye towards developing the most commercially robust or commercially viable network of charging stations, as well as as meeting some of our other goals related to uh, the reduction of carbon emissions, uh, supporting the uh, electric vehicle market here in Michigan, as well as uh, uh, the equity issues that, that we talked about earlier. So that is our main aim, uh, one of our main aims uh, to help develop a network of charging stations that is commercially viable and, and will exist long past uh, the time that these resources are depleted.
0: Yeah, that's that's well put. And I think that everything we can do from an education standpoint to let people know how much is going on in developing uh, this broad electric infrastructure so that we do have a, a, a connected program, connected network across the state will help allay those fears. And that's a uh, That's something that we're going to need to do to support where we know consumer interest and and where some of our state's biggest employers are going so congratulations to both of you for getting this over the finish line and submitting it to the federal government and thank you both for taking time today
1: to talk about this all right thank you thanks jeff appreciate uh you having us on and giving us the opportunity to talk about the nevi plan
0: thank you again for listening to this week's edition of the talking michigan transportation podcast I would like to thank Randy Doubler and Corey Petey for engineering this week's podcast. To subscribe to show notes and more, go to Apple Podcasts and search for Talking Michigan Transportation.